0: this is up the creek the definitive jonathan creek podcast with your host my good friend daniel krupa and me gav murphy today we're figuring out how an alien can dematerialize and also learning that aliens exist so on this podcast we tackle jonathan creek via the effect the method and the reveal daniel what is the effect of the Omega Man.
1: An EBE, extraterrestrial biological entity, disappears from within a lockbox under heavy military guard.
0: What what drug was, like, popular at the time that BBC commissioners were probably on in
1: 1999?
0: Whiz. <laughs> Whiz. Are they on Whiz? To be fair, it's probably around the time of U-Tree, so I wouldn't like to think what drugs they were on. But <laughs> this is insane, this episode. I looked at it, and it's like, The X-Files is right bang in its sort of, I think it's on like season seven by this point, the X-Files is on. You know, it's kind of almost had its best years and kind of going back down. But I always view this episode as, is it, you know, Renwick, his response to the X-Files and showing that that he can do a kind of X-Files? Because it's got so many trappings of the exact same episode, like you know the sort of like greybeard fellow who is just you know breaking protocol and like meeting in a dark car park and the like the government getting involved and stuff like that.
1: I think it's maybe continuing that thing of season three where he's just trying to jazz up the settings and stuff. Yeah, We're, we've had the occult. And we've had this premonition stuff. I don't know whether he's just trying to give it a new dressing, almost like magic tricks. You can have a, something disappearing from a box. But if you stage it again and again, you've got to put on a turban eventually. But that's, a th- <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I, I've got no
0: problem with him going, right, we're going to try all these different things. But because they it, it's all done within the trappings of very British sitcom style, it just never quite takes off. You know what I mean? Because... Uh, During all this you've got to still have maddie in the background making little quips and things like that and he's just like this those bits with maddie are so british in the way that she kind of like undoes like a serious scene
1: that it just can't be taken seriously ever i'm quite surprised that michael brandon is even american no way i had to look him up he's actually american the captain yeah captain frank candy absolutely not is he american He is. He was born in Brooklyn. What? He's he's also in Captain America. What? He's American through and through. I would have said I would have bet my life on he was from Guildford. Absolutely, because he doesn't even sound American. He sounds like what? But like bad
0: impressionists do when they try to do American, which is like kind of like makes your face all rubbery. Some guy on the base, his little girl sees a man on TV who can take two and two that make five and explain how it adds up.
1: I said, if that man can shake any kind of sense out of what happened last night, he'll be saving me one hell of a headache. It's like time waits for Norman. In the late 90s, is this what we thought Americans were? Yeah. It is like a, a really strange
0: thing. Of, like, As we said before, it's like America is seen as this like you know, this far off cool land and like bringing an American in, which he does pretty much every episode, Renwick, but bringing an American in gives it this kind of international feel. But it just seems, they just feel really, really out of place.
1: Yeah. So they, they have been sent here or they're already sta- some of them are already stationed in the UK and they're trying to retrieve this EBE. And yet when you open it up back here, this EB, what did you call it? Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. Call it an alien. I like that uh, <laughs> when Jonathan Creek, he's like, oh, I've heard of him. Well, the fact that he's heard about him, there's a few other little bits. They're almost trying to set him up as a kind of opposite or Moriarty type. Yeah, definitely, Yeah. That he never comes back ever again. No. But there's definitely some of that where when they meet at the end and have this explain-off, mm. and there's, when he gives Jonathan the riddle, it's kind of they're in dialogue or competition with each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know when they're having that uh, brandy outside or whatever? I think it might be a whiskey. Mm. When they're having a drink outside together, it feels like Jonathan really knows him because he's like, I en- you know, I envy you a little bit. Bottom line, we're in the same business. We both trick the public. difference is I don't pretend it's real you use it feed on people's fantasies superstitions you know exactly what they want and you give it to them This like weird relationship and we haven't heard about them ever because i like that idea of him having like an almost like you know uh, an enemy like an arch nemesis let's bring that in that's cool yeah it never comes back i also do like the act it's called john shrapnel <laughs> I've written here, sorry, on the Captain Frank Candy's voice. I was like, this guy's voice sounds like
1: when Limmy does an American voice. <laughs> Born in Brooklyn. I can't believe that. Also, I do like Grauman. I've written, he's a bit like Moriarty, but also a bit like Johnson from Peepshire. Uh, my notes on the Filingdale sightings. Can we get a copy off to Michael at Banton? <laughs> but
0: there's also like a really strange thing where it's like strangely reminiscent of the X-Files, because he's like an amalgamation of Deep Throat and Walter Skinner mm. uh, into one character, because he looks like him,
1: but he's kind of acting like Deep Throat. It's, it's really odd. Also, when they first meet him, he's dressed like Pipes from Ghostwatch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a big leather smock, <laughs> And the weird relationship that he
0: has with his assistant. like <laughs> When she's like, oh, we're not uh, the two of us. And then like, nobody was thinking that. Nobody was thinking that. Oh, with you? I thought <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's really strange, man. The reason I was thinking, oh, maybe this is Renwick's kind of answer to the X-Files or like him going, do you know what? I can make a better X-Files episode. It's because uh, I think Grandma at one point even says like, the truth isn't out there. It's in here and points to his head. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's really strange really really strange jonathan being kidnapped essentially by the military seems completely unfazed by it are we meant to believe that because he's obviously having these deal he's obviously had dealings with grauman in the past is it jonathan creek adventures that we don't know about
1: well let's bring it in here the the tv show what status has jonathan achieved yeah because we're going to see this in a couple of coming episodes as well. Yeah, yeah. Seems like he's achieved the level of fame and notoriety.
0: Yeah, well, it, seems, it sounds like the book, because the book's come out. Also,
1: even though we had an, an entire episode about them coming out with a cover for the book, for Maddie's book. Well, is it, I think, is this a different book? A new one? Yeah, because I think there was in a previous episode, they've already referred to the first book coming out, which I think right. is the Time Waits for Norman book. I think this is okay. the second one. Right,
0: okay. What, what is that cover? it feels like that's
1: a placeholder and they couldn't be asked doing something. Well, it's called Challenging the Impossible: More Baffling Mysteries Explained by Marlene Miguel with Jonathan Creek. Yeah, so I guess more more baffling. Yeah, so there's another book. But what cases are in that one? Because Yeah. there hasn't been that many since the first one. I reckon there's cases that we never see as episodes. That's sad, isn't it?
0: it'd be really like it'd be like that really frustrating episode of Sherlock um at the wedding where they keep showing you like 30 seconds of stories which are all better than
1: every episode of Sherlock you're just like oh
0: well that's amazing
1: <laughs> well it's better than the episode which is just the best man speech
0: yeah but well, that's the thing it's like they keep showing these little things like you can't do that and I know obviously it's easy to write 30 seconds uh, something that looks amazing and not ever have to expand it to an hour but still but, but I mean in 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 the bone the thing that they're trying to solve in all of this episode is the fact that this alien skeleton has disappeared from a lockbox. So the method, the EBE is a fake, which has been constructed from frozen mercury. Uh, It melts naturally as it reaches room temperature during transportation with the liquid metal draining uh, and concealed by the base that they use to transport it. And that's why that it also burns people's hands as well. That's it. So weird. There you go. Yeah, the clues that we've got, but the, the alien has an aura or presence around it. Uh, looking at it, it sent a chill down the spine.
1: Yeah, I think that's what Captain Candy says. Yeah, which I guess is you know, when combined with some of the other things, gives you that it's not mysterious. It's actually just a a physical property it would have if it was frozen mercury, because it's super cold.
0: The thing is, like, I know it's really good at explaining a way and, like, it is wild because they, they focus on the fact that it's, like, a single unsegmented bone, which that actually really creeps me out, to be fair. Uh, the whole thing did.
1: I would say The Alien looks pretty good. Better production design for a BBC One drama. I thought it looked great. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, so that's the clue because, obviously, it's been cast yeah. from a mold, mm. so it's not a complex structure. yeah. It's actually quite a good clue. Yeah, it really is. When you think about it, that observation, because he throws it away, like he, Grauman presents it as a weird anatomical quirk of an alien. It's like, oh, it's weird. It's a single bone, but he's actually hiding or misdirecting mm. from a flaw in the design.
0: Yeah. Because the thing is like, it has to be an alien because it has a single unsegmented bone. So therefore it must be an alien. What? Like, like an ice cube? Yeah. <laughs> um, What was the Grauman's riddle thing? I've forgotten this. Consider the nine planets in our solar system.
1: Consider one of the nine. It's very cold. It may help in your deliberations. And obviously Jonathan thinks about planets immediately furthest away from the sun, Neptune, Uranus. Doesn't mention Pluto really, but they come. then it comes back in his notebook. And then he takes it very literally he says one of the nine, i.e. Mercury, the first of the planets. So like that's Grauman teasing Jonathan. Yeah, I feel like if you know Jonathan, you got that's quite a big thing to give him.
0: Why? yeah, that's why I can't work out and I couldn't work out when I was watching it. It's like in it, you know, we always ask, does it
1: make sense? Why does he want Jonathan to know? Don't know, maybe just likes the Battle of the Wits. If we're going down the Moriarty Holmes line. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I guess. But Maybe once that that thing where he's jealous of Jonathan because people celebrate his creations whereas his always have to be presented as the real thing, so it's almost like he never gets creative credit.
0: Yeah, perhaps. It's a, yeah, it's kind of really strange, isn't it? Because if Jonathan is the only one that's being hounded by the military. It's like,
1: don't tell him. Yeah, actually, that it doesn't make sense because yeah, it's kind of odd. It's just going to be exposed. I, I think that's the big thing we'll get onto the reveal. Is just yeah, just groundman's motivations are all over the place yeah (laughs) i've put clue for grauman's lab even though jonathan doesn't pick up on it they spend a lot of time when we go and meet him in a laboratory situation yeah and i think that's just to give the final reveal and method some credence it's like he has access to a lot of scientific apparatus and he has obviously a working knowledge so it's not just comes out of nowhere
0: the thing that i can never work out with this episode
1: and maybe it's just, you just kind of got got to
0: go along with it. Why do they call Jonathan? Like, uh, the fact that the the police go get, the military go steal Jonathan away,
1: and Maddie was called to go there the night before, Is that's just a coincidence. I think it's just a coincidence. Jonathan gets involved because it's like, was it Captain Candy's daughter has seen him on TV?
0: <laughs> she says,
1: it's like, my little girl saw a guy on TV who can explain the impossible. I thought, that's the guy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Actually, look—the little girl must have seen the TV appearance that you see at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I guess
0: that's what it is. Well, that—that's a—that's one of the funny things. I think is uh, Jonathan saying, "Oh no, I clam
1: up," and then he's actually really good on the on the show. I mean, he's loving it. He's absolutely loving it. Compare that to the man buying the sandwiches in Quick Save. He loves it. He absolutely loves the attention. But it's kind of really
0: strange as well because even though it feels like it's quite a big thing. That um, book signing seems really, really low key. Yeah. But then the the book signings I've always
1: been to um, are always really low key, like strangely low key. They probably are if you're going on tours of like regional bookshops, not all going to be big ones, are they? No.
0: But yeah, because I I actually, to be fair, I've always been in, I've been to one comic book one and that was really low key. And then I went to one for Bruce Campbell ash from the evil dead and that was just in a waterstones in cardiff and i just i remember just thinking like this is weird that i'm allowed to go so close to him because he was just there but the queue was just like in front of him everyone just watched
1: him the entire time and it's just like
0: there wasn't even that many people there There was like about 30
1: people there in a waterstone the whole format's weird meeting someone in a shop when they're sat down you're stood up is weird yeah really odd really really strange like I think, yeah, the
0: times that we've been asked to do anything like that, we've always just gone, no, can we just stand up? Because it's going to be weird.
1: It's going to be weird. That's a weird format. The only time you get our format is like a fresher's fur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really remember the reveal properly. They have that they have dinner around Grauman's place and that's right it's yeah. just it, it's not as much as ah, I got you or we've revealed the murderer it's almost this like mutual appreciation between Jonathan and Grauman mm. and then they get locked into a little bit of a sort of an ideological conversation about the nature of belief and what they do what I do like about the trick is it does feel like a magic prop yeah you know we were talking about things disappearing and just you taking a core trick and representing it with a new presentation. This is like a piece of magical apparatus that you have themed up as an alien. Yeah. For a trick. <laughs> but it doesn't stand up to any scrutiny because any they've not even looked at the base. Yeah. As soon as they look at the base, if this thing has disappeared and you look at the base, you find how it's done. So that's a big suspension of disbelief for this one i think
0: that happens quite a lot though doesn't it like we sing in dance macabre with the paint tins they're just like nah, i won't bother that that's fine like
1: it's like because it's brilliant <laughs> it's brilliant that jonathan can get the independent of examining the stuff mm. but he also examines it right at the beginning so he should have caught it then and he's usually pretty thorough jonathan because it's brilliant that jonathan can arrive at these conclusions mm. just using his mind But you and I could arrive there by just having a look. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. You know, one weird
0: thing, and I I listened back to it a couple of times and I can't understand why that it's done this way. You know, when Maddie gets taken, you don't see who's taking it. You just hear the voice. Why is that voice, Grauman, like it sounds so much like Grauman or why is it meant to be so ambiguous? Because when I watched that bit, I was like... Because then it makes sense that I thought maybe the military were connected with Grauman and it was all a big but you there's no reason for there was all big connected conspiracy theories presented to Jonathan and Maddie in particular because when the door goes and Maddie gets taken it sounds exactly like Grauman like listen to it back and I was like oh is this meant to be like purposely ambiguous where it's just like oh they're all in on it together but it never goes anywhere So I really, really don't understand it. Well,
1: good evening, Miss McGillan. That's a little bit like Nedry's can. Yeah. (laughs) What I do like about it, though, if we're going to bring it back to um, magic and stuff, is the long tradition between magicians exposing shysters. Yeah. The Masculine and Davenport brothers, James Randi and Yuri Geller. You know, that's a big tradition of magicians going... I know what I do is not real and I'm not trying to jeep you, trying to entertain you. Yeah. But let's expose spiritualists, let's expose people like Grauman. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that to this episode and that's why Jonathan can't stand him because he's like, you're not doing this, you're doing this to deceive people. But that's the interesting conversation at the end. It doesn't seem like Grauman is doing it to make money, per se, no. Seems like he's doing it because he thinks it's good for people to think these things, and maybe he thinks these things do exist. Yeah, but he just can't quite show them to the people yet. Is it's a bit weird where he actually stands on this stuff.
0: Yeah, I kind of don't. That's the thing where in my head I was like, oh, the military and grandmother in it together, because as you say, like his actual <laughs> why he's doing
1: it is fucking beyond me. I have no idea. That's the thing. He's really weirdly over-sketched as a character, but also under-sketched when it comes to motivations. Because he's hanging around with um, Philippa, the woman who obviously believes, but maybe believes in a way that is, you know, she's a little bit delusional because she's communicating with extraterrestrials. Yeah. But he doesn't feel like he's exploiting her. Yeah. I don't know, like, quite where where he stands on this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Like, I wonder how close this is to that Louis Theroux episode as well, with that that dude who claims that he can actually speak, like Zygon, Zygon, yeah, something like that.
1: This is central control. This is central control. Stand by. Central control, this is Addy. On behalf of the Honourable Corton representative, we are ready to begin with the
0: information which we have for these individuals in this time period. Let us begin with the individual who's to the left forefront of the instrument. I always loved that uh, when you watch that because the guy is obviously not an improviser, but he claims to be having a conversation all the time. So he makes the... Um, like part of the thing, so he says um more than words, uh, when he's communicating with this alien, but he makes it part of the actual thing. And like, in ne- that Louis through never like questions of like, why does it seem like you ha- you're making it up on the spot because you keep saying um loads I was like that feels like that's a just a bad improv dude could be Zygon could be Zygon that's how he talks he's nervous I feel like if it's an alien who's chosen to speak to uh, a human you're doing it with a reason to do it you're not just doing it for a laugh like you're not ringing him up and being like oh, yeah, I'm an alien what do you want oh, just nothing
1: really just how are you doing <laughs> well if the aliens have created that technology pick the person who's the most confident yeah. <laughs> alright lads who, who wants to speak to this bloke we've got in America I'll do it you, sh- you sure? <laughs> that's
0: mad, that is.
1: Corton, are you satanic? We are only committed
0: to that which is um, Almighty God, Father of Light, son. So that's a no? Yes, um, son. On behalf of the Honourable Corton representative, we are ending our transmission. Okay, we've had the bizarre effect, the method, and the reveal. Let's move on to the other elements that make up every Jonathan Creek episode, starting with the Victor Meldrew Award for the most unbelievable scene. What's going on with the Harrison Ford, Steve Martin poster? Are we meant to believe that that the audience at the beginning who've gone to see that theatre, that performance, thought that it was generally going to be Harrison Ford and Steve Martin, not
1: Steve Harrison and Martin Ford? yeah.
0: Are we meant to believe that that's actually what they the audience thought they were going to go see? If ha- if if Harrison Ford and Steve Martin were in a London, you wouldn't uh, were in a London play, you'd be fucking hearing about it all the time. It would be everywhere.
1: Also, am I, I I reckon that's like a little tiny theatre. I can't believe they played it. Yeah, I I don't understand that at all. It's such a mad thing just to put at the beginning for a throwaway guy. It's proper proper sitcom that is.
0: Because it's almost like that would be, if we were talking in Meldrew, this would be an actual, this would be like a A, a or B storyline a full episode. He would have bought the
1: tickets as an anniversary present. Yeah, yeah. And then they turn up and it's that. Well, I don't know. It's hard to find words to describe it.
0: So I think pile and shite would be high on my short list.
1: I wonder some of these do come from the One Foot in the Grave notebook sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, You know what I was saying earlier about like, you're trying to do this really serious, you know, takedown of possibly the X-Files, but maybe like science fiction in general. But every single scene has got to have this Maddie button on it, which is like the Maddie little joke. when they're in Grauman's uh, lab and he's going through all this like really, really deep stuff, and then he just takes out his egg and she's like, what's that? Extraterrestrial
1: biological entity? my lunch i know and just like come on he takes it out with fucking forceps it's so weird when he does that he's doing all the sciencey stuff yeah And then at the end when he goes oh yeah i've got people to help me with this stuff another yeah. guy makes it mm. another guy makes the whole thing and he doesn't even just make the mold he does the science stuff as well yeah lazy git that's really really strange though. what have you got I've put the odd couple, but also just Jonathan being kidnapped by the US military. Yeah. Because you you wouldn't believe it. (laughs) And I think that's the litmus test for this award. Uh,
0: The thing for me with all of that is he just seems completely unfazed by it. Yeah. And he just gets on with it. Uh, It's really, really odd that is. I think that's quite good. I think when Maddie's being interrogated, says, you're not stupid. You're just pretending to be stupid. Like that entire exchange, even though it actually ends up quite sad, it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> but I think that's quite good. For things that's dated the most, I'll just put everything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is probably unfair, but it just feels like the way science fiction in general i think the way that grauman is presented like dark shadows even like even that still happens now to be fair in crap stuff Mm. but him just coming out of the dark shadows in a car
1: park why are they not meeting in his lab (laughs) what's like the alien stuff that we have now we don't really have it as much did it just get rinsed too hard in the 90s i think so yeah, because I can't even think of what we would have now. Yeah. So long since I've seen that kind of story on TV. I think people just, I think at the time, it was
0: presented in a in a cool way that was actually quite grounded.
1: Yeah, because we also had like, um, we had V. Yeah. The Spielberg taken. Mm. What's the thing with Catherine Heigl in? Fringe? Yeah. What was see. that? That was one. Yeah, it seems like it was done a lot. I've put Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really sad that there's no world wars anymore also Maddie having a non-digital camera just a regular camera she runs out of film at one point oh god yeah um, but for me the thing that's been d- the state the most is Pluto being a planet ah oh, yeah because in 2005 2005- in 2006 it was reclassified as a dwarf planet
0: it for Pluto
1: do you know why <laughs> they found another planet that was 27% bigger than Pluto. I went, well, if, if that can't be a planet, that can't be a planet. So, yeah, relegated. People on Pluto are absolutely fuming about that. I hope that's when we get attacked by
0: aliens. I hope that's what it is. We're, not a planet, are we? We'll fucking show you, mate. Show you as a planet now. Uh you're, you're a planet. What good did it do you? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Pluto just took you over, motherfucker. Um, uh, I got a couple of really nice most British thing, but I think... Examining the scene of an alien, like an alien disappearance, whilst holding a cup of tea. <laughs> he's just got his cup of tea the entire time while he's looking around, and he's just like, and this is where, you know, for one sense of purpose, I know he doesn't think that there's been an alien there, but there are adults in front of you who do think aliens exist right now, and he just got a nice cup of tea. But someone's had to offer him a
1: cup of tea. Well, I was gonna say, offer him was he asked for it. Yeah. like a rider that's the thing is like uh, you know i function
0: on tea essentially like i drink too much of it i know and actually one good thing that's coming out of lockdown i have actually chilled it out a little bit when we've been on shoots and things like that particularly early morning ones i feel like such a diva all the time because they'll be like oh do you want anything i'll be like can i get a cup of tea please because i i literally can't function without it so i feel really bad maybe jonathan's the same we do see him making tea all the time that's when
1: you do your best locked room work. Absolutely, yeah. Is when we lock you in a room and there's a kettle outside. I hate
0: asking for stuff as well. I would, and I would hate, but I would hate asking the military for a cup of
1: tea if I had to examine an alien gravesite. <laughs> Luckily, you might never be in that situation.
0: Who knows though? Who knows, you know? But also I will say whenever I do ask for a cup of tea, I do offer to make it straight away. Be like, no, no, I'll make it. It's fine fine which has also led to some really weird situations they're like okay and they've taken me down to like a weird little kitchen and i'm by myself i don't know how to get back i don't know how to get back yeah
1: don't like it don't like it at all what have you got for most british thing i've got loads of this um when maddie looks at the alien and says exactly the look of a mill wall supporter i once went out with
0: <laughs> also that that can go in most british thing but also that's not all right like, yeah. to, to categorise all Millwall supporters as grotesque like that. I know a couple of Millwall supporters who are really nice. I know some Millwall
1: supporters that have um, segmented skeletons.
0: <laughs> some. When Maddy's driving away, the man uh, grabbing onto the roof rack of a Volvo estate. That's nice and British, that is. <laughs> I think they think it's Terminator
1: 2, but it's more Mr. Bean. It
0: really is Mr. Bean. Why are you... Has she got a roof rack on a Volvo estate? We never see it. We see her go in places, but we like she never needs to have loads of different stuff on it. I don't get that at all. Unless the car came with it and she just doesn't know it take it off. That's probably more likely, to be fair. Maybe it was because that's why she's got a Volvo estate. It was probably owned by a family that did a lot of stuff and needed the roof rack, and she's just never bothered to take it off. That's probably more likely, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Jonathan saying... You never get through this lot with a Barclay card. Barclay card? Like, saying Barclay card? I think it was because in the UK... Barclays isn't a thing in the US, is it? No, I don't think so. But Barclay card, there was this really... What was it? Rowan Atkinson did Barclay card, I think it was. So it was like adverts in the 90s were just everywhere with Rowan
1: Atkinson. That's not the basis of the character for Johnny English, is it? It's not. I think it's not far off, yeah. I think there's something in that where he's suave... Because he was, like, quite posh and suave. Yeah, yeah, And everything working out for him. Mm. I think that was the whole point of it. It was just,
0: like, with his Barclay card, Mr. Bean gets his life together. What a slogan for a credit card. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> and I think referring to something as Pile of Shite. That's great. What a pile of shite. What was that, what was that in reference to? I don't know. I've just written it down. Big pile of shite. Oh, it's of this episode, actually, yeah. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um Also janine from eastenders it up yeah as one of uh one of the young girls that jonathan is not into but i've got a, i mean this that is this all right this kind of like swerves this all right and it's kind of in a grot cabinet as well um jonathan offering to buy all those girls a sticky bun yeah that's what i've got for them
1: too really i don't think it's either of them because jonathan isn't saying it like that yeah but it is because Remwick is trading off.
0: That. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're teenagers as well. They're kids, man. It's really not all right. It's really not all right. I think as well, like, she even makes the joke Oh, he's like, Is anywhere good around here? She's like, My place. And like, they laugh about it. And it's like, That's, that's really fucking not honest now.
1: But Jonathan is clear in all of this because he's only doing it yeah. to distract away from Maddie, Yeah. who, um, Sergeant Robotnik that's yeah. <laughs> what I heard but it's Krobotnik but I heard yeah. Sergeant Robotnik yeah to keep him away from spotting Maddie in the shop yeah because he That's the only reason he's doing it. He's not doing it. He's obviously Jonathan Creek. He's not.
0: There's a weird, like, epiphany when it comes to that, because he hears that there was a journalist snooping around, and then he sees Maddie by a sign that just says extraterrestrial bullshit or something. And he's like, oh, I know what it is. It is weird, that, isn't it? That's almost taken him into, like, Sherlock territory, where he can actually see all this different wild shit that nobody else can see, which is fine, but... It's not presented in a sort of this is a special skill thing. It's presented via the medium
1: of his eyes looking a bit shifty. That exists because (laughs) there isn't enough time to have a scene. Yeah. (laughs) That's why that exists. It's fucking wild. That all right? Actually, this is probably a bit more that's dated. Mm. But calling Americans philistines and acting really superior towards Americans. Yeah. I think that was more common. I think they still exist to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it. I do it all the time. I mean, it's fun. I mean, they've literally gone to see the odd couple with Steve Harrison and Martin Ford in by accident. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so we don't really have anything for the grot cabinet, really, unless you're putting sticky bun in there. Yeah. It's quite a clean episode, isn't it? Because Adam's not in it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, you wait till next episode. I like, uh, there's, there's some nice Jonathan and Maddie stuff in it, though where he says large brandy for the road and they like they're linking arms and they're walking together but he does go home at the end of the day so it kind of like shows you where we are
1: yeah and also there's they draw the parallel between Grauman and um, Philippa yeah and Maddie and Jonathan when Maddie has the chat with her at the kitchen at the end Mm. and she's she kind of goes he's amazing but obviously there's nothing going on yeah and Maddie has that moment of recognition yeah and that's why Maddie stops Jonathan from revealing it to be a trick in front of her at the end because she doesn't want to lessen him in her eyes. That's quite nice. That is, uh, and then obviously what Jonathan does with the money is quite sweet.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the thing is like when they're sitting around, like they seem, they seem boring and also just a bit bored of each other. I know the money thing is coming, but
1: they are just sitting around. He's literally not doing anything. She's just reading the paper. They've really stagnated, almost as if they're this. Why have they done that? Forty-year-old married couple. Like be married forty years, but they've. Yeah. I just don't think he knows what to do with it anymore. I wonder. I guess this is another question. I wonder what point he knew she was leaving. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if that's a slight consideration. I don't know. The thing that I read about it, and obviously this is
0: obviously I'm picking up on news from fucking 1998. Like
1: IGN wasn't writing about Jonathan Creek, unfortunately. I love the idea. It's not in relation that you're just catching up on the news. Yeah. <laughs> Working your way through it, but
0: I've seen like unsubstantiated stuff saying that essentially what happened was Caroline Quentin was going to have a baby, and they didn't want to wait for her. Biggest mistake they ever made. But at the same time, I I do you know like there's a thing where you say that lots of people talk about is like well the sort of will they won't they be in the whole crux of something. As soon as they do, that takes that sort of dynamic out of it. This is even worse because. You're, you're not giving people what they want,
1: but you're also, now, you're not even teasing them with it. There's not a will or a, <laughs> I won't, there's nothing. Because also with that whole thing of, oh, but if they do it, you lose that tension. There's no tension here. But also if they do it and this, make them into a couple then. Yeah. That'll take it into a different direction. A hundred percent Well, It's like with the American office, what they did,
0: obviously in the British office, we had the Willie won't they with Dawn and Tim. And that was a really nice crux to it, but there was obviously other stuff going on. In the American office, once
1: Jim and Pam get together, what they do with them after that is actually generally quite good. But it's relationship problems. It's the things they would naturally encounter as a couple. For instance, her moving into the windmill Yeah, would be really good stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Them getting married would be great. I wonder... Oh, yeah. I know we're going to talk about hypotheticals. this might do this at the end of this entire series. Yeah. But if she had stayed, what would have happened?
0: Yeah. Because it does
1: kind of flounder a bit after it. And then that's the It's not planned and it's just pivoting depending on who who they can cast going forward. Yeah. I'd like to know if there's any sort... Not malice behind it, but I do kind
0: of... (laughs) It's really strange to have a couple and i think maddie is, is is a bigger character in jonathan creek the show as jonathan creek the character and then to actually then carry on but not actually do anything with it i think is really odd obviously we've been talking about the x-files a lot in this uh, thing what do they do when scully gets pregnant in x-files she gets abducted by aliens then Mulder spends like a good series or two trying to find her and then she comes back and that becomes a big thing of the show like she gets taken away like the Dwayne Barry episode she's full pregnant in that and then she gets abducted by aliens they make it into a thing they, that
1: is possible to do Mandy should have disappeared yeah and that was the one that's the one trick he couldn't solve god imagine that as a finale it just wouldn't happen BBC shows weren't like that then. no they just fucking recast it and never mention that character
0: again <laughs> fuck
1: <Fuffy>. me <laughs> the reason he's solving these murders and crimes. (gasps) The woman who brought him out of himself, who changed that little windmill boy forever. I think, well, we're going to
0: have to do oh that's what we're gonna have to do is track down Renwick <laughs> no the, 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 yes but in a more productive sense for us and this podcast is I think we have to add a new category at the end of this series being like what would Maddie do <laughs> would this episode have, would this episode have been better with Maddie Miguel in there I mean after
1: finish recording I'm gonna go make us those t-shirts
0: yeah. <laughs> um yeah the 100 grad thing to bring it back to this episode it is really lovely. We get her catchphrase again with her crying saying "you bastard." I've I didn't I I, I think I just miss what
1: they her friend has an animal oh, shelter. It's really squeezed in, <laughs> in at the beginning. I think an animal shelter is going to shut down and all the animals killed unless they can save it. So in the time being, lots of people are looking after the animals temporarily. Yeah,
0: and. They need 65 grand to come up with it. Let's uh, also remember, Jonathan asked for 100 grand, not 65 grand. Uh, com-
1: I, th- I think conversion rate. Oh! <laughs> I thought that. I thought he's, he's kept 35 to himself. Because I thought maybe no. he asked for that in that way.
0: So she didn't obviously just put two and two together straight away if he says 65 grand. I think, yeah, it's dollars to pounds, I think. Ah, okay, that is excellent.
1: I was like, he's skimmed. He's absolutely skimmed. You would though, so, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, ask for whatever you want in behind Closed Doors. Yeah. Yeah. Unlimited research, ask for a million. Yeah. Also, don't show them and then get the money. Get the money up front.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, also, I'm
0: mad that you just get the money. Yeah. No, Nobody ever gets their money in situations like this in TV shows and movies and stuff. Also,
1: kittens require a lot of time and attention. You can't just believe leaving them all day when you're looking after aliens.
0: Not in a cage, you can't, know. Like, in a small what looked like a hamster cage. (laughs) Yeah. They fucking tear each other apart. (laughs) You
1: bastard. You utter, complete bastard
0: on the next episode we're haunted by the mystery at Ghosts forge up the creek is produced by rkg we make podcasts and videos about games movies basically anything fun including 23 year old bbc shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill if you'd like to find out more visit patreon.com forward slash rkg